Dolphins aren't likely to compete for a playoff spot this season, but this team still has its fair share of fantasy appeal. Hello everyone and welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15, the start of another week. Hope we all had a good weekend. Happy Monday here on Fantasy Football in 15. I'm your host, Michael Beller, joined as I am every episode by Derek Van Riper. DVR, what's going on? Hey, happy Monday, Beller. Glad to be back at it with you. Yeah, me too. And guess what? This is the beginning of the last full week of State of the Team shows. We are through 25 of the 32 NFL teams, so five more this week. Then we'll just knock out the remaining ones uh, the week after, and then we'll be moving on to our more typical fantasy football in 15 shows after that. So uh, it's fun to see a light at the end of the tunnel on this series. To kick off our final full week of team-centric episodes, we bring on Manny Navarro and the Miami Dolphins. Manny, how you doing? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, for sure, man. We are uh, very excited to talk about this team. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, a a week ago we probably would have said this is a wide-open division after the Patriots made the big move to sign Cam Newton. Maybe doesn't feel quite so wide open, but the Dolphins were a competitive team. I think Brian Flores has them headed in the right direction, and if they do end up staying in that right direction, at least in the future, a lot of that is going to have to do with Tua Tungavailoa. Might not see the field at all this season. Of course, coming off a nasty hip injury, but his future is this team's future. What has he really been able to do in what has been a bizarre summer thus far? Really, I mean, all he's been able to do is is get to know his teammates on Zoom, right? I mean, uh, have those uh, online conversations and, and meetings and, and talk about the offense and, and what they're going to be running. Um, I know some of the uh, the linemen for the, for the Dolphins were getting together um, before sort of COVID numbers started to pick up here in, in, in the state of Florida and, and the NFL got a little bit cautious. But, um, you know, I think for the most part, like like most football uh, uh, programs uh, throughout the country, it's, it's, it's sort of been uh, meeting, discussing, planning, getting ready to get together and get to practice. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, outside of maybe some individual uh, meetings where maybe he's gone and thrown the football himself and, and worked out on his own, uh, it, it just really hasn't uh, presented an opportunity to, to really hang out and, and in person many times with with uh, his future teammates. So considering that and the presence of a capable veteran in Ryan Fitzpatrick, what is it going to take for Tua to possibly take over that starter's role? And what kind of timetable do you think that might actually take for it to unfold? Good question. Uh, you know, I, I think most people look at this Dolphins team and, and they say, well, the opportunity is there to just come in and, and start right away. But, you know, being a part of, of those conversations uh, during the NFL draft with some of uh, the Dolphins uh, personnel and, and, and the people running the organization, uh, it really feels like they have a plan in place. And, and the plan is to take their time in building this thing the right way. And I think Tua coming back from his hip injury – um, knowing the offensive line situation that the Dolphins have, the fact that they spent a few draft picks addressing that in this draft, um, I, I think they're okay with letting Ryan Fitzpatrick start the season as a starter, and I think that's what most people expect. Um, eventually, I think Tua is going to slip into that that starting role and obviously take over the team. But I think in the beginning, I'd say at least the first month is my gut opinion that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick will probably be the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. 
as Derek said, uh, a capable guy, a guy who can certainly steer a ship. He's done it in so many different places and did it uh, well for Miami when they had a, a decent little run in the second half last year. Uh, this is looking like a sneaky, interesting backfield, especially from a fantasy perspective. A couple of new guys in town in Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. Jordan Howard has had himself some really productive years, first in Chicago and then in Philadelphia. Matt Breida uh, at times looked like the best back in San Francisco last year. Health, of course, has always been a question for Breida during his career. How should we expect this backfield to shake out between these two guys? It's going to be really interesting, like you said. I mean, I think obviously the Dolphins wanted to go out and, and, and get this thing done right. Um you know, by, by getting a couple of guys to really upgrade the position, upgrade the running game. Uh, like I said, they went out and drafted some linemen, so I think they want to run the football a little bit more uh, and have a little bit more success doing it here in, in, in 2020. So um, how it's going to shake out, I, I, you know, look, I don't think either one of those guys, uh, yes, at times in their careers they've been uh, the number one option, but I think right now the way the plan is probably splitting carries. That's the way most – NFL backfields just are, right? I mean, there's not many true number ones. I think the only way one of those guys separates themselves is if one of the other guys goes down and, and there's an injury and there's some sort of situation where, um, you know, they can't split the work. Um, so I, I would suspect that Howard will probably go in as a starter. Brita would be the guy uh, maybe coming uh, off the bench, but that doesn't mean that, that one guy is going to have uh, more carries than the other just because he's starting. I, I think it's. I really do think it's going to be a 50-50 deal. I keep seeing a split in this backfield too, Manny. One way I think the two backs might be used a little bit differently is I could see maybe Jordan Howard getting goal line carries and Matt Breida possibly having a few more opportunities in the passing game. So, you know, for fantasy purposes, goal line carries are valuable, and of course, catching passes in PPR leagues adds a little value, but... Uh, is that a good assessment of how the, the functions of those two backs might be a little bit different? It really does sound that way, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think uh, each of them obviously have their strengths, and, and Howard has always been a good uh, good guy around the end zone, a sort of more of a power runner, um, I think, than Breed, a little bit more of, of that anyway. And, and so I think those roles will just naturally uh, take course that way. Uh, but again, it, I, I just think the only way one guy really above rises above the others is if one of them gets hurt and he, and he just can't be out there. All right, the fantasy community, Dolphins fans, really everyone in the NFL been waiting for Devontae Parker to break out. Always seemed like a guy who was a popular breakout pick and then just didn't happen. Of course, there were injuries, and he came into the league with some injury issues out of Louisville, but it finally happened for him last year. He stayed healthy, caught 72 passes, a little bit more than 1,200 yards, and nine touchdowns. Clearly has a good relationship with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Going forward, should we be considering something like this? Maybe not exactly 1,209, but something along these lines as his new normal? Yes, I, I do. And I think once Tua takes over the deep ball, uh, I mean, that's really Tua's specialty, what he was so, so good at at Alabama was going down the field. I think Devontae's sort of built for that, uh, you know, with his big body, 6'3", 216. Same thing with Preston Williams. I think both of those guys, uh, you're going to really see them uh, – improve in the vertical passing game once Tua takes over with Fitz. I mean, obviously Fitz will take his shots down the field and whatnot, but uh, I, I I think Parker is, is probably the most valuable fantasy guy on the Dolphins and will be moving forward until uh, I think Tua gets to that elite level where, you know, he's he's coming out and producing two and three hundred yard games like he did at Alabama. You mentioned Preston Williams. He was having a nice year before the torn ACL cut his season short in November. Only eight games for Williams, 32 catches, 428 yards, three TDs. 
Does he pick up where he left off? Because I'm looking at Devontae Parker's target load after Williams' injury. Six of the seven games, which Parker had at least 10 targets last season, came after that Williams injury. So is there something there in terms of volume, maybe going down just a little bit for Parker with a healthy Preston Williams back in the fold? No question. I think the Dolphins look at Preston Williams. I mean, he's 23 years old, uh, a guy who, who's just really beginning to come into his own in the league, a super talented guy uh, in terms of the physical gifts that he's got. And, and, and you know, in the NFL game, again, it, it's it's – can you spread that football around? Can you have success with multiple guys? And I think this Dolphins offense, uh, I mean, the way they envision it when it's running at an, at an optimum level, it's Devontae Parker and Preston Williams getting open deep downfield, creating plays with Tua throwing the deep ball. I think that's what they want to do. And then that, that's going to balance things out with Jordan Howard and, and Matt Breida in the backfield where now you got two options there as well. So, I, I, yes, I, without question, I think Parker's numbers will be affected once Williams, I think, really gets into the flow of this offense. It's fun how they are slowly but surely building what could be a really strong offense the moment Tua takes over with all the pieces that are around them. Like you said, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, neither of these guys are going to run away with a job, but that's a, a pretty impressive one-two punch and two guys who clearly complement one another. You've got Devontae Parker and Preston Williams out wide, two guys who both played really well last season, and it'll be interesting to see those two guys, if they can both stay healthy and upright for a full season alongside one another, what they can do and what sort of element they can bring to the offense if they're both out there for 14-plus games. And then at tight end, you've got Mike Gesicki, another guy who uh, fits the mold of what teams are looking for in pass-catching tight ends, a guy who is big-bodied, a red zone threat, but also has the athleticism and the speed to stretch the field and be a real weapon in the way that we see uh, from Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Obviously not quite that type of player just yet, but you watch him and you see some of the same styles of play in his game that we see from those two guys last year, 51 grabs uh, for 570 yards and five touchdowns and did it all on just 89 targets. Have to imagine the role grows in a big way this year. How much uh, should we expect it to grow? Yeah, I mean, look, a, a quarterback's best friend is always that underneath guy, whether it's a slot receiver or, or a tight end. And I think, you know, uh, you look at this Dolphins offense and, and, and what they're going to want to do. The tight end still going to need to be a presence out there. And Gasecki, I thought, took a, a step up last year. Uh, you know, of, of those 80-plus targets, I think he only had three drops the whole season. So his, his hand, he's got good hands when the ball's thrown his way. Uh, he, he makes the play. And I think he, he is a starting caliber tight end in the fantasy football world, a guy who, uh, especially when, when, when this offense starts get, uh, to get humming again and, and producing points uh, around, the, around the end zone, I think, you know, just his big frame getting him the ball you're going to see that quite a bit. If there's one player that we're not talking about right now who's going to be relevant in this offense, maybe in November or December, who's it going to be? Well, it, you know, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think Albert Wilson, I mean, you know, people look at, at his age, now he's 28, he, but he's a burner, right? He's a guy who I think at times uh, when, he, when he's been healthy in the past has been a big play type guy, and I think – um, if the Dolphins get to the level where they want to get, where they're actually contending for this division and and possibly a playoff spot in the next year or two, uh, he, he could very well be a guy who I think sort of explodes, especially if a guy like Preston Williams doesn't turn that corner. Um, I, I think Albert Wilson, uh, just, again, a really explosive player 
who ha- who I think has value. You can use him in the running game as well if you wanted to with jet sweeps and whatnot. So he he's he's a guy that. Uh, to me, that is always going to be sort of under the radar who could be a big playmaker in this offense. Yeah, he's a guy who gets a lot of love in the fantasy community as well, and don't get to tell me how dangerous he is. I am a Bears <laughs> fan, and I will always remember that play two years ago when he just like took it, what it was like a five-yard catch that he took 75 <laughs> yes. yards and somehow weaved through every single defender on the Bears defense. And if they win that game, then they get a bye, and they don't have the whole uh, uh, double doink with Cody Parkey, and they don't play that game against the, yeah, I, I still think about it clearly uh, to this day. Uh, anyway, that's, that's the Miami Dolphins. That's Manny Navarro, a jack-of-all-trades for us in uh, Miami. Uh, Manny, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, thanks for having me. Take care. Uh, you can follow Manny on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro. Uh, covers the Miami Hurricanes and also has a Hurricanes podcast for us here at The Athletic called Wide Right with Mike Zimmerman. So check that out as well. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you're out there in the iTunes, Spotify, wherever else universe, please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate that. And also, if you're out there in that universe and not yet an athletic subscriber, you can go to theathletic.com slash slash football in 15, excuse me, for a free 30-day trial to The Athletic. For Derek Van Riper and Manny Navarro, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15. We'll be back with you tomorrow.